And welcome in everyone to one final show. I hate to say it because I think we could sit here and talk about this uh, on and on. I don't think we can get enough of the uh, Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series. We are live here on, on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass Live. Big news today presented by Smokehouse Grill and Buffet, uh, Wes Lanham. We're, we're very grateful for that sponsorship and, and the businesses that uh, have supported us, all the people that have supported us since we started this this podcast here. Guys, the first question I've got for you, do you like fried chicken? <laughs> I ain't going to say no to that. <laughs> yeah, no racing fan has ever said no to fried chicken. I'll tell you something else. Do you like? Let me ask you this. Do you like fried chicken? Do you like fried, uh, frog legs? No. I'm no. out on that. Oh man, Wes, do you like frog legs? Yes, I like I thought, frog legs. I thought everybody liked frog legs. I mean, it's like a cross between chicken and fish, and it's just it's one of the greatest things that you you can ever put in your mouth. Yeah. But on Tuesday nights at Smokehouse Grill, they have frog legs on the buffet. So good. Uh, like I said, fried chicken, barbecue, uh, ribs, buffalo, whatever, all this good stuff. I mean, home cooking, some of the best food you'll ever eat over there so go and support them and thankful like i said for their sponsorship we learned right before the show started we've got chris tilly on here with us we've got uh the jet jason keltner on here with us but chris tilly with the iron man series ct promotions he's given us a sponsorship as well so he's gonna he's gonna sponsor our show so uh chris uh, thank you thank you for that thank you for coming on here with us tonight You're welcome thank you guys i mean this is this is important for our sport. I mean, this this right here, uh, it just grows our sport. And what you guys are doing for it is is incredible. And to Smokehouse Grill and Buffet, I mean, any sponsors, I mean, it's pretty cool. But I was thinking before the show went on the last three weeks. Uh, it takes me back in time to the last twenty one years and that first battle of bluegrass race at at Barron County and and the memories from all these years of racing. I, I, it's just. Uh, it just takes you back in time, and uh, I, I'm so excited, very thankful that you all asked me to be on the show. There's other guys that uh, y'all could have had on here, but I'm very, very, very thankful you all asked me to be on here tonight. Yeah, man. Well, we're we're glad to have you on, and uh, and uh, Jason Keltner. I know you you've been out of this thing for a long time, man, but I remember you so well. Uh, I know Wes Wes knows you very well as a person, but I know you as a race car driver. Remember that car as I remember you going around that racetrack and you were so much fun to watch. And, and, and those were some good days for sure. Oh my gosh, man. Um, it doesn't matter where I go locally, obviously it's probably the, the number one question I get from, from people in Camelsville. And of course you guys know you've had some people from Camelsville on, uh, at one point here, man, we, there was like six or seven, uh, probably late models right here in this area. So, Racing here, or dirt racing especially, is a big deal. So it doesn't matter where I go. Uh, it's usually a couple times a week somebody will ask me, you know, hey, how do you, uh, you know, do you miss it? Or, you know, what, what, what's your memories or whatever? And it's like, man, I just, one of the things I miss the people, obviously, there was a lot of people that you became really good friends with because you, you were around them every weekend and you had the opportunity to, you know, to spend time with them. Um, and, and so, you, miss, you know, I don't see those people anymore. Uh, thankfully, through the internet, you know, I can communicate or see kind of, especially the ones that are still racing. Um, I see them, but you know, uh, a lot of good memories. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh, the time I spent at the racetrack, meeting and hanging out with people, and of course, uh, my family. You know, it was a family deal for us. And so, uh, you know, yeah, it's been. You know, I, I was telling you guys, it's been such a long time for me. I'm like, 
Uh, I'm not sure I even remember <laughs> what year I won a race or a race, you know, went from open list to late model. So I kind of had to look back a little bit and uh, refresh. Thankfully to the internet, people like Chris <laughs> and Spanky writing those articles and putting that stuff out there. I can go back and, and find out what year, or what month, you know, um, you know, something happens. So I'm, I appreciate the opportunity to be on looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on here with us and, and, uh, and joining us. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun, Wes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to you for just a second. I'm going to make sure you get some airtime here tonight, man. I tell you what, we have had so much fun. We, we talked, we talked at the end of last year about possibly doing this show. And, you know, one of the things I was worried about was would we be able to give it what it deserves, the battle of the bluegrass dirt car series. And, and uh, I've been blown away by the conversations we've had, the people we've had on here, um, including tonight. It has just been so much fun doing this thing. It has absolutely been a blast. Um, you look back at, at who we've had on here and the memories and the stories, and it's just going to be uh, another awesome show tonight. We've got the Jet. We've got Chris Tilly. I mean, they're they're full of full of racing knowledge and and stories, and that's what we really want to get to uh, tonight. Um, as you said, Jason. I mean, I, I moved to Campbellsville. Um, one of one of the the guys in his church, you know, invites me, and he didn't know that I loved dirt racing. didn't didn't have a clue, but he mentioned, you know, the jet. He used to he used to race you know, dirt late models, open wheel modifieds. And I was like, yeah, Jason Keltner. And he just kind of looked at me like, really? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I watched him all over the place. You know, watched him at, at Richmond, watched him at Lake Cumberland, watched him at Ponderosa, watched him at Bluegrass, and watched him at Florence. And so how cool was that, you know? Um, and then shortly thereafter, uh, he marries uh, Sherry and I, and uh, I mean we've we've got a great relationship. Uh, I love him to death, and and so that's cool. And then Chris Tilly over the over the last couple of years, uh, he and I have become really good friends, and uh, love to see each other at the racetrack. Uh, love what he does for our sport, and uh, especially the the state of Kentucky and uh, and the regional uh racers as well so i'll hush but man just just looking forward to another awesome show and uh ready to get started yeah i'm ready to get started as well but look we're just race fans and we started this podcast in the last year if you if you'd have told me that we would uh we, we would have a, within our first month second season we'd do this battle the bluegrass thing and and um we'd get started and we'd have james essex on here <laughs> And and Victor Lee, Mike Marler, uh, Eddie Carrier Jr., um, Tim Tungit, Tim Tungit, Jason Keltner, Chris Till. I mean, just unbelievable. So I could go on and on, but just thankful for it. And 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 it's really been a lot of fun for us. That we we've enjoyed it. You know, if we were just sitting here talking to ourselves, like this is what we would do, it'd be good enough because we're just race fans at the end of the day, you know. And and so it, it's just it really is a lot of fun. Well, Chris. Let's go ahead and get into some of this stuff about the Battle of the Bluegrass Series. I want to ask you first, just to sort of get us started, uh, what sort of roles did you serve with uh, with the Battle of the Bluegrass throughout the years? 
Well, um, when Spencer started this deal, um, it started coming about in early 2002. I was working at uh, Lake Cumberland Speedway along with Noel Hargis, uh, my dad, Alan Tilly. Uh, there was a group of us down there working. And uh, Spencer Wilson come up and met us one night after the race there. We, I think we'd had a end of the year, Lake Cumberland Classic or Fall Classic or something. And I knew all this, the wheels were starting to get in motion then, you mm-hmm. can tell. And a lot of people say, well, how did the Battle of Bluegrass start? I want to make a comment that I don't think nobody else has made the last three weeks, but I something that I know from the inside. Yeah. One of the main reasons the Battle of Bluegrass got started is because when Northern All-Stars Lake Mall Series was so strong, it, they went to Hoosier only in 2002 on tires. And American racers used to be allowed in that. And when they went Hoosier only in 2002, and now Northern All-Stars is a good series. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that to degrade them because I worked with them a lot. And they, yeah. they were a great series. But but at the same time, they went Hoosier only. And it changed the complexity because there were so many guys running American racers. You had a lot of them. And, and you, in oh, okay. we got an opportunity here. Tony Rose with American Race Tire. There were so many wheels in motion behind the scenes. It was a lot of different people's ideas, but Spencer's the one that put it together. And he met with us at Burnside one night and he said, Chris, I want you to come help me. I want you to score for me. Because that's what I was doing for, for Harold at Lake Cumberland and filling in and announcing if, mm. if I couldn't be there. Um, so I, I scored, hand scored, and that's for the days, of, you know, before transponders. Yeah. This day, I'm old school about it. <laughs> yeah. But, you you know, you, you hand score, and, and Spencer had come to us and uh, wanted us to be a party. He wanted Noel Hargis to flag because Noel was – Noel, and, and truthfully, Noel flagged every year the Battle of Bluegrass. That's something that hadn't been brought up either. And that's just things that get mixed up in, in the transition of time, but – Noel could probably go down as one of the best flagmen ever to flag a, a dirt lane mile race because, in, in my opinion, he was nothing. He wasn't trying to be showy up on the flag stand. He just did his job, and he was consistent. And I know Jason ran a lot of races under him too over the years. Um, yeah. But uh, but he, him and my dad wanted my dad to help, and that's how we got started. And, uh, and before you knew it, we had that meeting at Wayne Bowen's on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, there were some meetings that took place at, uh, and I, the one that I particularly remember was at uh, Orange Truck Stop up on 27 north of Somerset. One night during the week, it was myself and Harold Hargrove, the owner of Lake Cumberland Speedway, uh, Harold Powell, Larry Yance, Wayne Bowen, and Spencer Wilson, and myself was in this little meeting. We were sitting there eating, maybe in fried chicken. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we were eating. I know we were eating. I promise you that. Yeah. But all, all jokes aside, it, it, it was just interesting to sit back and listen to all that. And uh, Harold said, I'll take a couple races right out the gate. And then Harold Powell at the time was going to be within Barron County Speedway. He had had a deal to try to run it in 02. Well, okay. it fell through, and then Billy McCoy ended up with, with when and when it turned into McCoy Motor Speedway, which was Barron County Speedway. A lot of people say, well, how did it change it? Well, James talked about that a few weeks ago. Anyway, long story short, that's how it got going, and, and it was Barron County Speedway, and Lake Cumberland was going to be the first two tracks. Well, Barron County took the Friday night. Lake Cumberland was going to take the second night. Went down to Barron County on that opening night, had 62, 63 late models for a 3,000 win show. That's unbelievable. I, I mean, I think we rolled back into Somerset. The sun was coming up. It was a late <laughs> night. I know that. And we were scheduled to race at Lake Cumberland the next night. 
and it rained out. Harold tried and tried to get that in. Had we have gotten that show in, I think we'd had 45 or 50 cars. I yeah. really do because there was a unique weekend. I, I'll never forget it. Uh, the UDTRA Pro Dirt Car Series, which was former Habit Tampa, was running at Scenic Raceway on Friday night, the same night we were at Barron County. They ended up with 40 late models, and this place had been, it had rained a lot in East Tennessee that week. So there was a lot of late model, good late models in the area. Well, their event had canceled on Saturday night. So we were going to have a 3,000 win at Burnside on Saturday with the Battle of Bluegrass. Well, had we have had all those cars in attendance, I think it probably – because we had a bunch of them sitting at Walmart. We went to Cracker Barrel Nate that next morning, and I bet you it was 10 rigs, Bob Pierce, a bunch of – or whoever. I think it was Shannon Babb, Bob. There was a bunch of them was sitting at the, at the Walmart. We end up having to postpone and run it Sunday afternoon. Still had 45 cars. Uh, Jesse Lay yeah. wanted, but for Sunday afternoon, but we didn't have the caliber cars that went on home. Yeah. That's how that ultimate, that Battle of Bluegrass ultimately got going the first couple of weeks. And it seemed like everything just kind of got rolling within a month or two. And it, I mean, it just seemed like, just like that, yeah, it happened. Yeah. So, well, a couple of things you said there is interesting to me. One, I mean, racing is a tight knit community. It seems like the players that have been involved have sort of always been involved in different roles throughout the year. You mentioned Hargrove, Yance, you know, Tilly, so many people that were very much involved, even with the beginning of the Battle of the Bluegrass series, um, still involved in big roles today and mean so much to our sport. You know, Larry Yance at Ponderosa and, of course, Harg Brandon Hargrove at Lake Cumberland. But people seem to stick around throughout the years oh they did. larry yance i mean i gotta mention him golly i mean and and larry has uh, he's been very good for this sport i mean when delane browning drove for him and i just and that's how i just i just remember him and royce mcgown too in the late 90s i mean those guys were uh delane browning was unstoppable upon rosa lake coming in richmond man and you bring them you bring them to burnside like i say and that delane browning he could smoke anybody any night any given night he could finish a top five of a big race anywhere in the vicinity and larry's done so much for our sport uh, i consider larry a friend and uh, you know he he's you know over the years i've had to mature myself and learn a lot about this sport and had to learn how to be a citizen in the sport and larry Yance has taught me a lot of lessons over the years too so i give him a lot of credit yeah. yeah, Larry Yance was the first person to really get behind me with dirt racing in the bluegrass. When I first started this thing, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know who Larry Yance was, and I happened to be having a conversation with somebody, and I had a business card out there, and he happened to hear me, and he said, son, you come to Ponderosa Speedway. Anytime you get ready, the door's always open. You're always welcome, and, and just, just a great guy in, in the sport. The second thing I noticed there, you talked about the beginning of the Battle of the Bluegrass with the uh, Northern uh, Northern All Stars. Was that was that what it was? Not Northern. Northern All Stars ran ninety eight to two thousand five or something like that. But they they were big in this area from ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two ish to two thousand three. Actually, they were big in this area. Harold would have them at Lake Cumberland. They would sometimes go to Ponderosa, especially in the late nineties. Northern All Stars was a pretty big series back then, and you know, in the day too. And yeah. that's that. A lot of those ideas ideas got developed and you know james was announcer for northern all-stars and he ended up coming to work when he quit northern all-stars in 2001 he went to work for spencer in know okay. we got you and it's funny to me that the battle of the bluegrass started because of a because of a dilemma a tire a tire dilemma with the northern all-star series 
And really, in the end, what we've learned throughout this podcast with some of the others we've had on is that it really, in, in a way, ended. It had a lot to do with it, with something to do with with tires with the oh, whole Goodyear yeah, thing. I, so I want to get into that. That was so, Goodyear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just it's crazy to me that it began and end uh, really mm-hmm. around tires. I mean, when it comes down to it. So. How many times, and Jason will tell you, how many times is this sport? We always we, it always seems to evolve around tires. <laughs> you got to have four of them to go around, so you might as well involve them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure it still does today. Wes, we're gonna we'll give Tilly a break from screen time here. We're gonna go to Jason for a minute, but I'm I'm gonna give you first question. He's he's your buddy, your your pastor, so you got you got to ask him some questions. Well, just to just to get us started, Jason, when you think of Battle of the Bluegrass, what what comes to mind, and and how did it affect uh, and, and and really kind of get your career going um, in full swing um, when you when you got started in it? Well, you know, we started – we ran some open-wheel races um, before I got into the late model. So, you know, Battle Bluegrass had the open-wheel stuff. If, I, if I'm right on that, you know, we – when it was in the area. So, when we got the opportunity to get in the late model, uh, James Barber had come and – give us the opportunity to kind of work together with them and pair, pair with him and, and get in a late model. Of course, bluegrass or, you know, Bardstown was 50 miles from home. And so it was natural to start there at a race there, on, you know, on Saturdays. And then um, again, my years are kind of, it was probably Oh five um, when, when that all that started to develop. And then um, so we probably didn't run a lot of races. It seems like that was late in the year. And then, um, 06, uh, if, again, if I'm right on my dates, we, we ran bluegrass. We won the track championship, I believe, at bluegrass course. I'm, I'm sure I don't know how many times Battle of Bluegrass dropped in throughout that year, um, but I'm sure we ran some of those races, probably Ponderosa and or Lake Cumberland, depending on the schedule. We were able to hit a few of those. So, so we, got, we got to race a little bit. And, of course, racing the same track every weekend and points racing, you're locked into that track championship but we started to venture out a little bit and we knew uh you know i grew up racing you know go-karts and race asphalt for years and you know dad had race and we knew at some point um you you got to step out a little bit to to get better um to and you find out where you stand and you really find out you're not where you thought you were when you step out in any <laughs> kind of series racing and so we did that so 07 would have been the year we we followed the series and um you know, for me, looking back, hearing about all these people you talk about, me, it's just kind of crazy. I don't even think of myself as being on that list, but looking at 07, you know, we ran runner-up to Victor and um, and, and won Rookie of the Year. And uh, it wasn't until, um, I guess it would have been, it would have been after that. Um, we didn't get the win. We didn't, we didn't have a win that year. One of the things that sticks out is we lost about a foot to Eric Wells at, at, at Bardstown. He was, I was on the bottom, which I was notorious for that. Um, and he got uh, actually, so no, it was reversed. I got, I was running the top at the end of the race and he got to run the bottom. And, and again, it's reversed. I would normally have been on the bottom and he beat me uh-huh. like a foot off turn forward. Of course, <laughs> you know, we were, we were excited. We were running good in the series. We, we ventured out, but then you were just devastated because you, you, you had your first win, you know, and that would have been a big win for us. Uh, it wasn't until, um, I won the bluegrass 50 in the red butterball 59 for Harry. 
Um, I ended up driving some races for them, and, and that race was um, do, it was taped and then put on TV. So that was a neat deal. I mean, that was because again back then there was no it was no live or anything like that. So that was a pretty big deal. And so I believe 07 was the only only year we followed it uh, faithfully. But man, when I think back though. Man, I, I can't even remember half these places, but like Twin Cities, you know, up in Indiana, you know, we went up there. That was a new place for us. You know, we'd, we'd been to Brownstown, but I, I, we went to 201. Of course, that was it was like three states away. Uh, <laughs> area, you know, never been over there. So so we really got to venture it out, you know, into some places that we naturally wouldn't have on a Friday or Saturday went to because, again, what – the local people don't have now that we had then was we had several tracks running in this region. Um, and so we had a lot to pick from it and, and it didn't make sense to, uh, to drive past one of those tracks to go to a different track. So, um, you know, that gave us the opportunity to definitely, cause I, I mean, I know we went up to, to Indiana. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't know if we had any Tennessee races in that, that year, that couple of years, but we were moving around a lot, you know, it, I know it was based out of Kentucky, but, uh, we definitely had some Friday, Saturday deals. They paired those deals up and we would go run somewhere. So I don't know, man, I, I feel, you know, I, I look back and I, I feel good about what we, what we did when we stepped out, you know, we, we were a distant second to Victor. Obviously I think it was several hundred points. You know, we, uh, we, we never were able to close the gap on him. And, and obviously he's a multi-time champion. So there's no shame in that for us rookie of the year that year. And uh, I look back and I'm like, man, that's that's a pretty good deal. Like maybe I maybe I did better than I think I did, you know. It, Absolutely. You sure did. I mean, you know, you say you look at the the list of all the drivers and and when you're getting 50, 60, 70 cars uh show up uh, at these tracks, yeah. The jet was right up there in the in the top, you know, top 5, you know, on that list and, and like you said, running running second to Victor. I mean, Victor was hot during that stretch those couple of years, and they nobody could handle him. And, and winning, you know, he won two or three championships there in a row. And so a second place was, yeah, that that, that looked like a win, and you know, of, of the points that year. So um, I, I want to touch on something uh, that you mentioned there, um, talking about how you got into racing, and, and something that's always cool is a lot of times you know, it's a family deal. It's your, your, you come from a racing family. You talked about your dad and, and I know I've heard all the stories and, and just love it. Cause you and I sit and talk racing forever, but tell the listeners, you, you know, you mentioned about the, you know, the go-kart racing and uh, running several other divisions that your dad would have cars and, and even on the asphalt. So kind of, kind of tell the, the listeners about that and, and the trips to Daytona. Yeah, man. Well, it really is funny because so dad, you know, dad, if for those of you who know, Taylor County Speedway, obviously I grew up running around Taylor County Speedway as a little kid and why wouldn't I wanted to race, right? That's all I, I mean, my dad had a race shop. I mean, that's all I'd ever seen was a race car. And so it was so weird because I think I was around eight or nine. Dad, dad traded a guy for an old, what would have been, we call it a yard cart, like a go-kart you ride out in your yard. And I was, and he was going to let me take it and race it. We had a little go-kart track out here. And, and then, I don't know, something happened. I don't know. They say maybe my mom didn't want me to race. I, I'm not really sure. Maybe that was true. Maybe he blamed it on her. I don't know. But uh, so, so nothing developed to that. Of course, man, I was disappointed because that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, so then you fast forward 10 or 11, that redeveloped. Um, we ended up um, some local friends of dad's. Or big into go kart racing, he ended up buying 
No, actually, no. Before I got the racing go-kart, I then did get a what they call a yard cart, and they had a division out here. And we went out to Mansville and raced a couple times, and uh, it was kind of wild. There was no safety components on those things. It was kind of a free-for-all, and I think Dad was like, hey, let's get a racing go-kart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, man, we, we, we bought, uh, you know, if a lot of people wouldn't know the name, but Red Golf was – he always helped Dad on his race cars. He was a local mechanic amazing guy and he built a lot of my engines back then he uh they had a go-kart for sale dad bought it and we went out to Mansell and I don't know how many times it took for me to win but you know it, it happened pretty quick and I think that was the end you know it was kind of over at that point dad was like all right this is we need to do this and and then um so we would do that on the weekends and it was crazy because we didn't have a lot of kids racing back then because again I was 10 or 11 so sometimes they would let me race with the adults, which didn't last long because for, if you can see pictures, I probably weighed about 70 pounds soaking wet back then, <laughs> yeah. and they didn't weigh anybody. Uh. So there was no, they didn't make me put on weight. I was probably 7,500 pounds lighter than most of those guys with a cart. So naturally I did win and well, that didn't go over very well. Uh, and again, it wasn't fair, but nobody said anything at first. And then it was like, okay. So, so we just kind of started from there we started, you know, Somerset had a great go-kart track over there, man. Yeah. Uh, we started, they had the Kentucky Karting Association with, you know, similar a touring series. And so we started venturing out. And then uh, 1994, again, it's just crazy. You just remember this stuff or how it developed. So back then, WKA, the World Karting Association, the biggest race of the year was down in Daytona uh, right after Christmas, like two days after Christmas for like five days there was this stadium that they uh, would, would put sand on. A tr it was a, like a running track around the football field to give you how big it was. But they would bring sand in and and build a go flat, flat sand go-kart track. And there would be thousands of go-karts. And, of course, as a kid, that's all I'd heard about. So my dad actually couldn't even go. He couldn't get off work. And so he sent my cart and some money, and I rode with my engine builder. It's crazy. So I'm like 11 years old. And I go down there, and there's several hundred kids in my division. Um, several, uh, I'm pretty sure Brian Vickers was there. I, I could name some other guys that ended up moving on and were pretty good on NASCAR and stuff. But there was probably 150 kids in my division. So it's real weird. You qualify. It takes all day. It's just a real strung-out deal. Uh, and if you're in the top 25, you're locked in. And I think they race with five more positions through heats and consies, and it takes all day. And so I think I qualified like 21st or 22nd. I was locked in. And, man, I was like, I thought I'd won the World 100, right? Like, I, was, <laughs> I made the race. Who gives a crap? I, you know? And so I called home. And, I, again, take you guys back. I know my kids, you know, working at church, people think it's crazy. I had to use a pay phone, okay? So I <laughs> yeah. Use a pay phone. I call home. I tell dad, hey, we, we're in the race, you know? And so – they tell me that qualifying, the clutch was slipping and we should have been on the pole. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, what I thought was still pretty good. So all day and all night, the feature isn't until like, you know, probably 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. So all I remember is we started 20, 21st, 22nd, somewhere in that range. And 20 lap features, all you get. Now, again, that's not a big track, though. And, and even in, if you know anything about, if you don't know about go-kart racing in the kids' divisions, they run a restrictor plate to slow them down. Uh, so, so we're, I'm in what was called the purple plate would have been the lowest division and, but you can still draft. I mean, it's that big. You actually <laughs> do draft. 
So I start like 21st, 22nd. With like six or eight left to go, there's a red flag. Um, somebody flipped. Um, the kid was okay, but they red flagged the race. They allowed one crew member to come out, and I think they shut our motors off maybe. I guess they had to recrank it. I'm not sure. And and to talk to us, and at that point, I'm up to like six or eighth place. They're in the like three or four, I don't know, three or four or five laps to go. And the guy who I went with, who would have been my crew chief, he, he didn't come out there. I, they sent somebody else out there, and I learned after the fact, he was so nervous. He left the bleachers. He went, he couldn't watch. And I, again, I have, I have no idea, you know, 10, 11 years old, you're not nervous about anything. You're, you're living your dream right here, racing a go-kart. So we come down and I ended up getting black, the black flag once pointed at me because I was hit catching them so fast. I was, I mean, I, really was, I was punting them going in the corners. I mean, I guess we were just that fat, that much faster than everybody else. And so, I was trying not to run him over, but I did get the black flag pointed, and I caught the leader on the white flag lap, and I think we was probably a couple feet at the finish line, and all I saw was that kid celebrating after the race as if he had won, and I was like, dang. I, you know, I was like, man, I, I lost. I, at that point, it kind of sunk in. I was like, man, I had no idea. I really didn't know what place I was in. You start that far back, there's lap go-karts, you're yeah. passing carts, you're not, you're not really counting. So – we get over to the scale area after the race and it's, there's people everywhere. And there's a lot of people from Kentucky talking to me and, and they're like, you won. And I remember this vividly. I said, who me? Cause they always aggravated me about it. Like, yeah, you won. And I was like, really? So there really, it was just chaos. Cause you got to, you know, just like, like, just like the whole Blunquist deal at Eldora, you got to pass weight and all that. So yeah, weighed and, and then there's tech. And so again, if you've never been to a go-kart race, you got just, five horse Briggs and they're going to take it down and give it back to you in a box or a tote box. I mean, they're going to check the valves, the pistons, all this stuff. And so it's not really official at this point, but I do go and actually uh, had a good, good, some of my good friends from Kentucky that were there, their parents were there. Uh, it was actually Jason Dunn's mom, Jason's from Frankfurt. He actually raced. Uh, he, he drove, I think Herod's late model a couple of times at Bardstown. A uh, great young man. His mom accompanied me to the pay, went with me to the payphone because I knew they wouldn't believe me. I knew that my dad was, he was going to think it was a joke. And I like, I won. And, and so I had to get her on the phone. And my dad was, you know, he was crushed. I mean, he just, he was devastated. He wasn't there to see it. Yeah. So it ended up being like two o'clock in the morning uh, before tech was over. But during that time, you know, I didn't know what to do. I was just hanging out and my engine builder or the guy that took me, he actually took me and he's like, we're probably not going to pass tech. He's like, I just want you to know that, the engine that we borrowed is from a guy from Alabama. His name's Bama Johnson. And he always runs his motors really close. And sometimes it's like a thousand. Oh, no. Make stretch or, you know, valve spring. He's like, but it's okay. He said, you won the race. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, I really, you know. So about one or two in the morning, we get our motor back. And we pass. Tech. Oh. I mean, I, you know, again, it's late. We go back to the hotel. We get there the next day. I get this four-foot trophy and uh i'm done at that point i'm stuck in daytona for like three or four more days with this group i, I don't race anymore and but evidently kind of shorten the story all that group from kentucky they they had none of them had ever won so so they had all been going and nobody had really ever won a race down at the world karting association championships and so you know i i just really didn't i didn't i mean i knew it was a big deal but it really didn't really sink in and man i came home and that's how i got the nickname the jet my uncle my uncle actually, almost, they had a thing for me when I got home, and I was 
I think they had me on the radio and make yeah. a trophy up at the middle school. And, it, you know, it was a big deal. And so that's how I got the nickname, the Jed. And so that kind of, you know, that set us off. And then we did that for, I was probably 14, 15. And we, we started looking at Louisville Motor Speedway it was real big back then. Uh, they had NASCAR sanctioning. They had a four cylinder division. And so we looked at that and, um, and, and we got ready for that. I actually drove my first race up there before I had my driver's license. So I would have been 16, but not, not with my license yet. And we did that for, I don't know, let's see, probably four, three, four, five years. Um, they be, that, that speedway closed. And so at that time I went off to college and, um, I ended up racing for another guy a little bit on asphalt, you know, because I kind of felt like the avenue to NASCAR or, or a bigger series was asphalt at that point. And I, I had some opportunities, so I was like, you know, I want to go for it. And I uh, went off to college and ended up driving for a guy, and we raced in Tennessee a lot at Highland Ram Speedway down there uh, right off 65. And then in the meantime, Dad gets involved in that vintage car association where he takes that old coupe, and yeah. they go down. They're racing at the dirt tracks in Barron County and, and Bardstown, and he gets involved in that. So he's telling me about it while I'm going off to college. And they ended up going down to uh, – Mount Vernon, which was asphalt back then because mm-hmm. they, they paved it. And so he's never really raced asphalt. So I'd come in from college and drive that vintage car down there on asphalt. And I won a couple of times in that. That's the first time I'd been in a V8. Uh, and so that kind of sparks what took a couple of years to develop. I ended up moving back home from college from Bone Green. And then at that point, uh, we got the open wheel. Dad had been waiting for that. And uh, we went back dirt racing. And, uh, and then from there, just, you know, we started local. And, it, man, to be honest, I struggled in the open wheel. That thing was tough. Um, we had some decent runs, but um, we, we just didn't, definitely didn't set the world on fire. That thing, we struggled. I mean, we would run good, and then I would struggle. So, um, But I got a lot of laps, and then, you know, that led to the, you know, James Barber coming along. And, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, James is obviously talking about names in the sport. I mean, that guy, yeah. he's done it yeah. all. and. I don't know what he saw in me. I don't know who told him what, but he just came over to the trailer one night. It was, I think it, it might have been Lake Cumberland, and he was he asked me. Of course, I probably didn't even believe what he was saying. You know, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" You know, you know, I can't believe you'd you know be willing to do that. And so that was a pretty big deal. So that that you know that kind of sums it up. But yeah, a family thing. Uh, Dad raced, and then from there it was you know a lot of family had been involved and. Um, you know, I was so fortunate to have a lot of family and then I had a lot of friends who came along and crew helped us and, and you know, volunteered because obviously we were a low key deal and uh, really had a lot of help. So a lot of history there, man. That is a big deal, man. Like that's incredible to think about. Like you, you go down to Daytona 11 years old in a cart <laughs> and you're beating people like Brian Vickers. I mean, who knows who else was there? That's, that's crazy. I mean, it really is. Yeah, well, you know, it was pretty cool. I remember going down one time in the Wood Brothers. I don't know if it's their grandfather. A lot of them, them back then, they were young, and they had a big red trailer. It was lettered up, you know, Wood Brothers Racing. And they, you know, I, I there was a lot of uh, – I'd have to go back and remember some of those names. But a lot of those kids started there, you know, when they were 9, 10, 11, 12. And, uh, you know, they were fortunate to move on. But, yeah, it was cool, man. It was uh, – and you know what's cool? The next year we went back, Dad went with me. He crewed for me, and we ran seventh. Uh, me oh, and seventh, wow. and uh, we were pretty proud of that because you know uh, we backed it up, so to speak. You know, he and I went down together, and uh, you know we we were really good. We started probably fourth or fifth, but we just we faded at the end. But uh, that was a pretty cool deal. Well, yeah, because I mean, you're talking about how many cars? We're not talking about a handful of people no, here. We're talking about 
There's hundreds, yeah. Yeah, hundreds. So that's just awesome. I, I'm telling you, it is. That is that is a that's that is cool. Um, yeah, for sure. Hey, guys, let's do something real quick because if we don't, I want to get to more. Uh, Jason, Wes, now we're going. We got more questions for you and you and Tilly. But before we do, Wes, do you have those decals handy? Like, do you happen to have one of them? there if not it's it's all right well i put some i posted a picture of some some uh, battle of the bluegrass decals <coughs> on our facebook page earlier i want to give i want to give one of those away real quick i promised i'd do it so let's uh let's let's do that real quick uh while we've got just a second here so a trivia question first person that answers this that i see all right so i want to make sure i want to be clear about that because sometimes you get a bunch of comments and you can't see them all so the first one that i see I'll say your name. You're going to win this uh, for this this first trivia question here. And I'm doing this because I'm afraid with Jason, we're going to get to, he's going to take my questions if I if I don't get to this. So <laughs> him, him and Tilly both they, they're going to get too deep, and I'm going to run out of questions. So uh, the first person that comments and I see it can tell me who won the final Battle of the Bluegrass race of the 2008 season. It was at Bluegrass Speedway. I'm ineligible you, to answer that, right? <laughs> you, you can't. You you, you are ineligible, Tilly. Yeah, yeah. You're out of this game. It, it was not Jewel. I see somebody said Jewel. It was not. It was not. While we're waiting on that, I got a question for Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Go for Jason it. on the modified. I, I I love asking guys this that 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 transition from that mod to late mod. I've seen Mikey Marler, Jimmy Owens, and them guys over the years. What was the biggest change from that, from from racing that oat wheel modified to that dirt late model? I know you got the size of the tires, but to you as a driver behind the wheel, what was the biggest difference to you? Well, I mean, we had a we definitely had a smaller open wheel motor. To be honest, you know, I know things have changed drastically, and those guys are running <coughs> some really good stuff now. I, definitely, probably the horsepower, just the overall. Um, you know, and it probably hand, obviously handles a little better. I mean, with the, the shocks and stuff. And mm -hmm. um, back then, again, open wheel was it's advanced a lot from what I can tell. You know, as I watched on, on the internet, Hoffman and those guys, man, those guys really oh, uh, cars look really good. So I, I would say just overall, um, just the horsepower itself, and, and you know, like drive, you know. A lot of what transferred for me was the go kart to the four cylinder, the open wheel. When I if when I ran good in the open wheel, it was black slick, and I was about half throttle smooth, and that was my specialty. But man, when it was hammered down in that late model, it just took me a long time to get comfortable. Man, they took me to Eldora that first time, and I was like, dude, I ain't scared of this place. What? And James Barber says, you got to get off the bottom and quit letting off. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm up in the middle, and they were like, "No, dude, you don't understand." <laughs> Just the overall difference, you know. I definitely the horsepower and the speed of having to to drive that car with with the motor, you mm -hmm. know, where the open wheel it was all you know being smooth and stuff like that. All right, we we finally got the correct answer here. We had a bunch of guesses. I thought I was going to have to throw a. I thought I was going to have to throw a hint out there and say, guys, he's on the podcast. Come on, you know. So, uh, but hey, we finally got there. It was Jason Keltner. He won that uh, last race, the 2008 season. It was his first Battle of the Bluegrass yeah. Series win, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it was at Bluegrass Speedway, I, Jason? I know that had to be a. a, a 
big big deal i mean you're just coming from you know being at at bluegrass you you ran that year in 2007 but i know that win had to be a big one for you well it was because you know again i'm in that black or the red 59 it's the butterball car and again let's be honest at my age and stuff that didn't have the meaning that it did for like my dad obviously with um with um you know butterball and the history there and so it was crazy it was we were at the um the butterball race at Richmond in July. When that's how that developed. I think we sat on the pole or we had fast time, didn't run very good in the feature. And then Eddie, uh, Jeff and Eddie were there with that car and I don't remember who's driving it. And something got said and Eddie or Jeff was like, you know, we'll work out something if you want to drive it. And next thing you know, we drove it and we actually ran pretty good. And we'll see, we won the, the fall class or the fall classic at Ponderosa Friday night in it um, as well. And so, uh, it, you know, again, I, I didn't have the meat, the history tied to, to the, the Woolridge family there in, in the racing, but I know for a lot of people it did, but it was pretty cool, man. It was, and what a lot of people don't know about that, we won that race with a steel block. Uh, we had a steel block motor that night. Yeah. Wow. And I think I, that's probably the fastest or smoothest race car I'd ever driven. That It was crazy uh, how good that car was. Like, I, I don't know, man. It was just one of them nights. I mean, they, they, uh, we sat on the pole. We let every lap, and it was just – it was good, man. Those guys uh, – it meant a lot because I know Herod and them were out well on the end of their career, but, you know, they had a lot of really good drivers to drive for them. Mm-hmm. And, again, me, little old me from Camelsville, the fact that I got to sit in the seat with him. And, again, I know they were at the end was, was a really cool deal and, yeah. uh, you know, that they believed in me. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a cool – that is a cool deal for sure uh and uh and so that was brad ferguson that got that answer correct so brad you can get with wes uh worldwide wes here he'll take care of you make sure you get that that uh battle of the bluegrass dirt car hey those are vintage man you, you they don't make those anymore i've still got one yeah. yeah 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 those uh we gotta we gotta give a, a shout out to rusty eagle out of frankfurt um for uh sending those to me he uh yeah. He sent me a message and said, "Hey man, I've got these, and uh, we would love uh, love for you all to to give them out uh, to the fans." And I said, "Absolutely, we will." So uh, those came in the mail um, yesterday, and uh, so thank you, Rusty, for those. And uh, yeah, they're they're vintage. And and when I opened that package up uh, to see those stickers, because I remember those, and and uh, just just a cool deal. Um, you know that that time of, of racing for me, you know, oh five to oh nine is is really special, and uh, just to to get to talk about it, it's it's just just awesome. Well, I was talking and I was muted there, so uh, it happens. Look, I'm not the best with technology either. Don't don't start giving me a hard time, Wes. So uh, I didn't say anything. I had to unmute you though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't yeah. act like don't act like Spanky. We we don't need no the, we don't need no mishaps. Yeah, the worldwide leader in technology, right here, dirt <laughs> racing in the bluegrass live. Uh, but but we do have a question from a from someone on Facebook. Want to know, Jason? Will you ever get back behind the wheel of a race car? Uh, in a race Come on, Jet. Probably not, but uh, oh. there's a chance. There's a chance that uh, somebody <laughs> local. I won't give out any names, but somebody oh. local was out at the uh, business. Uh, our business. 
I don't know, three or four weeks ago, it, something was said, asked me the same question. And I said, you know, I wouldn't mind turning a lap sometime with practice. And this person said, well, we can have a practice session coming up maybe here early spring. We'll just let you know. We'd love to let you sit in and practice. So uh, it is a crate car. So I said I'd be willing to do it if it worked out and the weather was good. So we'll see. There, there could be a, a test session coming soon. And uh, uh, there's been some – some some talk about it off and on. Um, my girls only see pictures of my two daughters, nine and thirteen, and so yeah. uh, I know the nine year old. She she would really think that was cool. So I don't know. We we'll see. Uh, it, it, I don't know that I belong in a race, but uh, I definitely would uh, turn some laps to to see uh, what I forgot and what I do remember though, because I, I love it. I still watch it. I'm thankful for Flow Racing and uh, all the stuff that's online. Man, I love it, and yeah. uh, you know would love to turn a few laps and. You know, Wes has been trying, man. I mean, uh, I mean, Wes, Wes tried to get a, a car sponsor with the church name on it. I mean, he's tried everywhere in the world to, to get to get us on the racetrack. So, hey, world, worldwide, Wes knows the answer. I know all the ins and outs of that that little deal right there, and I've already picked out his race suit. If he can get if he can get back in it, which is why Candace said, I, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if you can. He said, which, which one you want me to wear? I said, I want this one right here. So that may yeah. be the same. That may be the same day that I, I do my little test and tune uh, in that hobby stock at Lake Cumberland Speedway. Uh -oh. Oh. Well, I was going to yeah. say, Wes, you know, the jet's not the only one that might be uh, yeah. might be making yeah. a, a jump to the driver's seat coming up yeah. very soon. Mikey and, Marler's uh, got me a ride in Winfield. Uh -oh. We're ready to roll, baby. Oh, yeah. oh Lord! I know, and I'm telling you, I'm going to be there live. I already told him. I said, Wes, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I said, uh, I'm speaking from experience here. You're going to go out that first that first lap, those first few laps, and you're going to feel like you absolutely fly. I mean, it, you're going to feel like you are just absolutely moving, and you're going to come back in. I'm going to show you the video, and you're going to be sitting still on the restaurant. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I'm going fast again. That's exactly how that's going to shake down. It'll be so, all right. Uh, I'm looking but, forward to it. Hey, maybe some scoop right here on Dirt Racing in the Bluegrass. Jason Keltner making a return to the driver's seat. We're going to go ahead and call it. And uh, I'd love and, and to see it. Yes, yes. I would I, love to see it, guys. Jason, now when you get that itch, that itch is going – you're going to have to scratch that itch, and it's going to be – I heard a lot of guys say, ah, back and they go back at first and oh they're hooked so you're, <laughs> yeah you're, you're getting ready to get hooked again you know yeah. that don't you <laughs> i don't know we'll see i'd love yeah. to see it yeah i i would i would love to see it as well so i think i think it's time for sure the derek says the, the return of the jet so yeah. you've got family brother. support you got all the supports you need right here uh <laughs> between, between just us here on this podcast so um, that that would be awesome. Hey Chris, uh, look, we'll give we'll give Jason a, a break here. He he's been on the big screen for for a long time now. So, but look, I can I listen him talk all night. He's got that's some great story. I didn't know that story. I was I really enjoyed that about about going to Florida. That's that's really interesting, Jason. I really enjoyed yeah, that. it is man. It is that's worth the price of admission right there. Don't tell me the cat score. I don't want to know. I'm I'm afraid to look. Is no, do not. Uh -uh, no, I'm not even looked at it. I don't want to know. That's why I keep looking at it. Uh -uh. Oh, do so not tell the score because I ain't seen it. Are they getting beat? <laughs> no, I've got it on record at the house. As soon as I get back home, I'm watching it. So do not, do not say. <laughs> okay. 
I don't want to be this phone over. You'll know why. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We are competing. We've got, we've got quite a few people on here tonight. We're competing, we're competing with the, with Kentucky basketball. So, um, so that's, that's pretty good. I do want to mention real quick too. starting next week. We're only going to be going live from the page. We won't be going live from the Facebook uh, group, which is uh, dirt racing, the bluegrass live podcast listeners for a few reasons. One, we can't see who it is that's commenting if you're watching from the group. And the second thing is it doesn't show us that you're watching, so our, our numbers are just off. That, and so we want to be able to track that a little better. Um, so beginning next week, we'll only go live from the page. If you go to the page and you click on the three dots up at the top of the screen, you can choose to en- enable live notifications. It'll, notifica- it'll no- notify you from the page every time we go live. So do that as well, and that'll that'll help you make sure you you don't miss any of our our shows either. So, um, yeah, it says we got twenty five. If you're watching in the group, but that's that's not it's not that doesn't include it all. So, um, uh, anyways, yeah, next week be ready, be on that dirt race in the bluegrass live page because we're only going to be going live from there. Um, so, uh, Chris, I know you've got some stories. You shared one earlier about the uh, beginning of the series and how all that shook out. Uh, give us some more. You've been posting pictures uh, for, I think, when we started this podcast, and that's been fun seeing all that stuff you've been posting. I've still got them all. I've got boxes of photos. Uh, someday somebody's going to get them. Uh, now, James Essex took some of them. I've got the ones on the back. He's got his signature, James Essex photo. Yeah. And I always post when he took them and gave them to me because he gave me a lot, and I'll tell you why. There was times, and this goes back to the old – the old way we did things. He would get me a lot of photos. I would get it in the local paper down here at the Commonwealth Journal in Somerset. So, you know what I mean? We would get it in the newspaper. He would distribute pictures to me or the other newspaper. He knew I'd get them in there, and he'd have a caption on the back. I loved it. He'd always write in Sharpie marker, and he'd say, okay, Aaron Hatton was the Stars Battle of Bluegrass Points leader going into this weekend's events at – Barron County or something, and and they were all dated. That's one thing about my photos. I dated them and I kept them. I I just I knew, and I had a story behind each one of them. If I if I had a little miniature story or something, so I, each picture I have tells a story, and they, and they mean something. I just I've kept them. I went through them. I've cataloged them, and and it's just something. It's history. Now I tell you, Mister Historian is Michael to Spain. I'd love to get a copy of his all his Kentucky racing news from the day. I don't oh, yeah. know what happened to all mine. Now, I used to contribute, and I got to tell a story on that. People said, well, how did you, you know, now you just email the story in or you just submit it. I got, we got a constant contact page that we can submit it to different people, multiple people, thousands of people at one time. Yeah. Well, back in the day, when I first started writing stories for Lake Cumberland, I would send them in to, to uh, Scott Smith at Kentucky Racing News in Danville. Well, you didn't hit an email back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I would type it up either on a typewriter or a computer, print it off, and and send it with my mother. She worked at the paper office at, at Commonwealth Journal in Somerset. She would fax it to Kentucky Racing News for me. I was in school, so I didn't have time to do it. They weren't going to let me fax it in school, that's for sure. Yeah. So I had to have mom, and I'd probably wear her out 10 or 12 times that day wanting to know if she faxed that to Kentucky Racing News and yeah. make sure. And what they did, they took it, and then uh, – uh, they'd take the Kentucky racing news and they'd retype it. They'd use our, but they would, they would trim it down if they needed to. And then it'd always say summary. And then 
you know, I think about Kentucky racers. I think about stories that Michael Despain sent, Mike Sullivan. I mean, the Pal U was probably one of the greatest riders to ever. And, and a lot of people don't know that, but the, the, the Pal U on on 4M at the time, and that was that was Mike Sullivan. He wrote something. You felt like you was at the racetrack when you you know if you went and read about it in the uh, Kentucky Racing News or National Dirt Digest. And Spanky, I mean, one of the greatest riders of all time, he would put stuff in there. I mean, you ha- you just felt like you were there even mm-hmm. if you wasn't. I couldn't wait till the Kentucky Racing News come in my mailbox once a month and I could see what was going on. You knew you was always going to see an ad from Richmond, Ponderosa, and Lake Cumberland, and most of the time Florence in there. And you and you knew you was going to see the results and pictures from stuff that happened a month ago. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky Racing News, it was, it was so vintage. It was so cool. Scott, Wynn, Smith, and them guys did such a great job with that. I had to mention that because a lot of the Battle of Bluegrass history was in there because they were still going at the time as a print media. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the digital media. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's part of what makes the, the, the series so close to our hearts. At that time, you, you really, even in 2009, you didn't have the digital stuff that we have now. I mean, Dirt dirt on Dirt was there, but it was just yeah. sort of getting going. And yeah. so you don't have a lot of videos. You don't have a lot of interviews. You, Unless you had those subscriptions to Kentucky Racing News and some of those others, you you don't you didn't really have some of the pictures in boxes like what you talk about. You don't you don't have a way to to you know nowadays you can just watch a video and sort of relive it. Well, you can't do that with this stuff. When I've got some VHS Northern All Stars at Burnside and Scenic Raceway, I've got those two. I think I've got some Battle of Bluegrass races at Lake Cumberland on VHS. If somebody could ever transfer them over for me, I oh man, that I've got them. Yeah, I've got old have a Tampa races. I used to stay up at two or three in the morning and tape off of Speed Vision. Oh, I've, wow. got them. I've got written on there. I don't find them there somewhere, but I kept all that. You know, I just I was a junkie. Like I've still got you know. But thinking about the Battle of Bluegrass, it would I'd be remiss if I didn't think about the 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 people that I worked with, the people that I got to know. That was the biggest thing. The people I got to be around. You know, you all talk about you had Essex on here, Mikey Marler, uh, Tim Tungit. Oh, Lord, the stories on that guy. Uh, uh, Jesse Lay, uh, you know, you think about Aaron Hatton, uh, Eddie Carrier Jr. Those guys meant so much. And then Michael on there last week. I think about the people I worked with. I mean, Dwayne and Amy, and Dwayne and Amy Ragland, the first year of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rust Eagle, I mean, he worked with us. Uh, Joe Brockman. Uh Joe Porter, uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim Sharp, uh, Joe Porter was a big, big part of the series. We worked with the Yances over the years. Uh, Noel Hargis, my dad. I mean, it was a family affair. We, 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 we traveled together. We ate together. We, we rode home and watched the sun come up together, especially come back from 201. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> 201 was like, like Jason said, going three States over. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm remissing some people. I know we worked with James for a long time. I got a couple stories on James. If I told him, he'd probably kill me. But, uh, <laughs> the first year of the battle of bluegrass, when we went to Eastern Kentucky. I, I'm going to tell one for the end of the night on James. Cause he, it, it was a good one, but, uh, uh, you know, Frank Revel helped us for a long time. Uh, uh-huh. You know, Dale and Anita Clark. Uh, I think about, you know, Dale Bowles, a tech guy at one time. Uh, Spencer Wilson, I mean, he, he was the one that put all this in motion. And I, I'm going to say it, and I know people might agree disagree with me, but I know so much of the backstories and the history of it. There would not be a Lucas Oil Lake Model Dirt Series today 
in my opinion, in my mm. personal opinion, if it wasn't for Spencer Wilson. And that's just my opinion. I, that I seen too much of that stuff from back in the day. But uh, yeah, Dwayne, it was always a pleasure to work with you. I mean, you're my brother in Christ. You and your wife. I mean, love working with you guys and the track staffs. We would go to these racetracks, and they were so helpful. Yeah, you know they they were they were excited for us to be there, but we were just excited to be at a new place ourselves. You know, I think I've been. To, I ain't been to as many tracks as Dustin Jerry, but I've kept a list of them. I know I, I'll never be to as many as some of him but and, and what Rick Eshelman went to, but I have yeah. kept a list over the years of how many different tracks I've been to. And it, I think I've only not I've only not been to a couple tracks in the state of Kentucky over the years. That's pretty good considering yeah. back in the day. In 2002, I bet we had 10 or 12 tracks running supers on a weekly basis. Right. I mean, I was thinking about the tracks that were running supers then. Yeah. Now we don't have anybody running supers weekly. Mm -mm. The closest track to here would be Talladega short track. Dixie was running them. Florence doesn't even run a weekly show anymore. I don't think. No, they don't. It's all big yep. shows now. Yep. There is no weekly show. Right. But uh, yep. I think about that. I think about the days gone by a lot. Maybe I shouldn't bring them up and, and maybe I should. I don't know. I, you know, I, I just think about the wonderful memories. I mean, we went to 201 one night. I remember uh, getting a week. The dispenser made a call on Timmy Yeager, and I don't remember what happened. It was on the back straightaway. Well, Jeff Gullett was crewing for him at the time. Uh, well, I remember I was working the back straightaway that night. I don't know if we shorthanded or what. Jeff Gullett threw a water bottle at me on the back straightaway. I remember, <laughs> I forget it. And, and uh, you know, I was yeah. respect for Jeff, and I think he feels the same with me. And, uh, thought he was one of the, one of the race, one of the, one of the better crew, uh, crew chiefs in this, in this racing business that we ever had. But I just think about the stories, the pe the people, and um, so many wonderful memories. Like the Keltner family, they raced with us there, and, and we got to work with them. And uh, I mean, you know, Terry and Jason, and they were always a pleasure to be around. I don't think I, you know, I remember the ones that always fussed and complained. They wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you remember the ones that fusses and complains every week because it's the, some of the same ones that's still doing it today. But it wouldn't matter. You could hand them a hundred dollar bill when they come through the pit gate, they still gonna complain. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. love of racing. That's you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. But I mean, I think exactly what you said. A big part of it for you guys, for the ones that were working the series during that time, who were a part of the series officials and. It was about the people, uh, the drivers, the teams, the crews, the the officials, everybody. It, it was really, truly the people who were involved with it that made it what it was. You stop and think about it. In, in 2002, we had no Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, like I say, Facebook. You had no internet. You hardly had any. I don't know that many of us had cell phones. I had one. I had to have one. It was about to drive me nuts because I had to I had to call people. You know, I had to call racetracks if it's open. Yeah. We got oh, rained yeah. out somewhere. You know, I'm going somewhere else. But that was the thing. It was the traveling up down the road late at night and stopping to eat and the crazy stories. I mean, we just it was the people. And that that's what I take away from the Battle of Bluegrass was the memories, the wonderful memories. I mean, I I'll never forget them. I hope I don't get to that point where I can't ever remember them. I would hate that, but I'm going to put all that into, into a document at some point so that I can re remember that one of these days and, and people can see that so that people will yeah. know, you know, what, what that meant to people like us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that I, would... I think about your map quest in your intro ever. I mean, I, I've done it before. I <laughs> yeah. it all. 
Yeah. And uh, and Roy, I, I see Roy's name there. Roy, Roy helped us there at uh, Battle of Bluegrass. There were so many people. And I didn't mean to forget anybody. I, there's so many different people that worked with the series over the years, just wonderful people. And, uh, you know, um, yeah. I don't know. I just – I remember that, and uh, I get a lot of – I get sentimental a lot of days. I still – I've got old Battle of Bluegrass. I still got my official shirts from back in the day. Yeah. I still got a blue jean jacket from 2002. It was the original one. Now, I want to mention this. A lot of people don't realize, but Carl Short and Gerald Newton had a lot of input on this series too. Right. Stars was Carl Short, the name that Carl – you know, people know him by the Dirt Track World Championship. Okay. Well, Stars – was a battle of well, stars was the original battle of bluegrass first name. Well, stars is uh, was was pretty big back in you know in the nineties. And I mean, you think about Jack Boggs and Donnie Moran, them guys winning them races, Pensboro. You think mm-hmm. of stars, and then it become Renegade and so on and so forth. Yeah, Gerald Newton was Arizona Sports Shirts. They they got behind the series in a big way too. So I mean, it was there was so many people. I think about. Uh, uh, Trailer parts and sales up there in Lawrenceburg. Um, what was his uh, Joe Denny. Joe Denny was so instrumental. Wayne Bowen. Wayne yeah. Bowen, very instrumental behind the scenes of, the, of that series, too. There were so many people that the that the wheels uh, got going, you know, behind, behind the scenes that uh, I'll never forget. Um, but uh, I just, I love the memories. I could talk about it all day. I don't want to take up time, but Remind me, I'm going to tell that story on Essex for the end uh, of the night. No, that, that's what we're here for. <laughs> While we're on this topic, though, I do want to ask one thing, and I want this to be roundtable, so I want everybody to, you know, everybody tell me what you think, uh, because it's been a topic. Look, I'm telling you, I promise you this is the truth. I could show you messages. People message me. People message us on the page, say, hey, bring the Battle of the Bluegrass series back. It's a comment on every post we've made. People just want to see this series back. But I got to ask you, James talked about possibly the, the, the possibility of bringing it back. But thinking about what it was and what it means to people here in this area, it's one of those things that I can't help but, but wonder, um, do you, do you want to see a comeback? Would you want to see a comeback? Or is it one of those things that you, you believe just because of time, place, what it was, and where we are today, that maybe it's just one of those things that's better off left alone? Jason, you want to go first? Or you... Well, you Chris would be better. I, again, I'm out of touch. I, I would say the first thing I would say is there's not a lot of local track. You know, I, we don't we don't have a weekly late model. You guys mentioned that division. And, and crates is kind of somewhat – change that a little bit locally um the car counts i mean you guys chris was talking about the car counts back at some of those first races uh i mean mm-hmm. i look back we raced for two or three thousand back then that was a good purse um and we had 20 30 40 cars mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. man i'm like you know nowadays sometimes you know you just don't get that local anymore around here for that kind of purse uh so i would say with the type of money that's being paid a through the series is but then B, the unsanctioned big money races, you know, I know sometimes there'll be some of those too. I, I, I find it hard to believe there would be enough cars, but again, Chris has a series now and, and he's more uh, in touch with that. I, I think it was one of those perfect storms. Like I said, we had so many late models within a 60 mile radius of where I live in central Kentucky, man, we, we didn't even need anybody to come in to have a field. We had enough locals. So I, yeah, I, I'd say it would be hard to do. Yeah. 
Well, and I, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but the closest thing we've got right now is the series that I've got. And, I, and it's mm. never, it's never ever going to be the battle of bluegrass and it wouldn't be, I wouldn't try to make it that. Um, yeah. We just try to keep, keep races going in this area. You know, naturally you can't work with all of them, um, um, you know, depending on, on logistics, et cetera, and, and what it would, you know, what it would be. But um, it's something that'll never be duplicated, never be replicated again. It was something like you mentioned, you just had to be there. You had to, you'll take those memories with you forever. If you were part of it, lucky enough to get to be a part of it and see those days. Um, You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of memories and a lot of, a lot of things we take from that, that help, that help build things that are now going on in sport. I felt like at one time the battle of bluegrass was the most competitive regional racing series in the country. And that was in it early in its inception. And I would even put that up at the time. You the only regional series you had in this area. You had the Max series up in the Northeast. You had the Renegade Stars. You had Southern All-Stars down South. Ray didn't have a series yet. You didn't have Carolina Clash going. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the Ultimate Series. You didn't have anything else going. Um, yeah. That was it. We had yeah. Mount Bluegrass. And, and I remember going up and down the road with Spencer and, You'd be up going up down, and these people would call him. Can we sponsor the series? Can we be a part of the series? I mean, these people were begging him to be a part of it. They, I mean, yeah, people was dying, was wanting to be a part of it. Tracks was calling, they was mad because they couldn't get dates. <laughs> yeah, it all fit. And and spirit and Spencer had to make it fit with the tracks that were running weekly shows, too. So he mm. had a lot of tracks that he was trying to, run, but he was one of the best I ever seen at putting a schedule together. He could put a schedule together like no other. And, and I know not my myself and Noel's had this conversation a lot, even today, but he was wonderful at putting a schedule together. And the man always paid me. I'll say just like he said to everybody else, he said he never owed me a dime. He yeah. always took care of me and was very good to me. Uh Haiti's not here with us anymore, but I, I give Spencer credit where the credit's due. When when you got a man that, that worked hard for, for racing in this area. And a lot of people don't know Spencer used to work back years ago. And he took pictures at Burnside years ago. I'd like to get some of them old pictures he took. Yeah. He's got some old pictures. The only other one I know close to is Tommy Yates, a friend of mine. He's got a lot of old pictures from Burnside, Ponderosa, and stuff he took at uh, Pennsboro and West Virginia and Ohio, stuff like that. But I've got a lot of those photos that I took over the years. Plus, I've got the ones James gave me. I've got a few that Walter Burson, he was old tech man for Stars, gave me. And then ones I went around and took myself when old Kodak camera that I had to take and have developed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I seen it for Ponderosa on a Friday, and I wanted to have them on Saturday. So I had to go to Walmart, you know, wait an hour, wait an hour, go eat or something, come back. They'd have it ready for you. I'd be sitting there, are you done? Are you done? <laughs> having to go to Burnside, then I'd be flipping through them. You know, we'd have them at our Burnside. If I, and a lot of them I got signed. I got a bunch of them from Johnny Wheeler back in the day signed. Yeah. I was so thankful for that. You know, bless his heart, he's not here with us anymore. Johnny Wheeler's one of my favorite drivers of all time uh, from this area because he, uh, he was the wheel man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, think about a lot of these guys. I was looking at the list earlier. I mean, these guys that's won these races over the years. I mean, yeah, seeing Jason win that race at uh, Bardstown on that outdoor channel that weekend. It was a two day deal. Spanky called that that weekend. Uh, I mean, I remember those first couple battle of bluegrass race that Thunder Mountain weekend, colder and crap. The scales wasn't working. The scales was working. The scales wasn't working. Prestonsburg at Thunder Ridge. Oh, Lord, the stories from there. And then we went back over another year, and some people didn't get their armbands back when it rained out in 2003. I remember that. That was a mess. 
I had to come back home from my high school graduation, go back over the next day. We had a two day show, had a lot going on, you know? Yeah. But it, uh, I just remember that. I, I, I'm so thankful. I still get to remember all those stories from the series and, and the, the feature wins and the excitement and the pits and a few fights along the way. We've seen a few fights over the years. Yeah. Oh, I bet, I bet you did. Yeah. A couple uh, of them. I, a couple of them. I wasn't ever in any of them, but I seen a couple of them. <laughs> but t- tell us, tell us one of them. What's, what's one. Well, we had that incident. I know James talked about that at Florence up there with the Yeager bunch, Yeager and his and his brother and them. They were they were tough competitors back in the day, Timmy Yeager and them. And then we went to Clinton County. I think it was the next week, and Spencer didn't send a letter to him. Should have told him they were suspended. James told this a few weeks ago, but it's the same. I mean, it's the same exactly the way he told it. And they had to load up and leave. And there was a little brouhaha that night. James didn't tell the whole story, but there was a little brouhaha in the pits. And okay. I think some people got shoved. And I think my dad might have been right in the middle of that. I don't remember, but I know he he kept them calm. I remember that. But uh, uh, you know, just different things, and it was silly stuff, you know. I've seen Greg Johnson's wife down under the flag stand acting a fool one night at Barron County. And he said, there was one guy that was racing. She, I think we raced 40 laps and she gave him the finger, the whole 40 laps. I mean, <laughs> she, she never changed. We were at Barron County that night. I mean, it's just stuff like that. You don't. Forget. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. Then, oh Lord. Yeah, people never change either because I remember her well after this. Yeah, and I'm not picking on Lisa. I just remember stories <laughs> of her, you know, and then Greg still racing out of the great people, you know, we've, we've dealt with them for years. She yeah, might I, be watching. I don't know. She She's on here she, sometimes. Yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, no, that hasn't changed. And that's, a good, that's <laughs> what we love about racing, though. I mean, that's what, you know, people say it's it's a it's a man's soap opera. Yeah, so that's what that's what we come as fans. That's that's what we come for. You know, that's what we come to see. We were at Barron so. County one night. I got to tell this on Rayburn. We were at we were C.J. Rayburn. We were at Barron County one night. And we always parked on the back trailer by the concession stand there, the trailer. And we'd had a driver's meeting. Well, James did the driver's meetings back then. James Essex did. And it wasn't, it actually, it wasn't uh, uh, Spencer did them. He had James do them. And James was talking about where the starts was. He was always methodical on how he went over. Now, guys, we start out of turn four, side by side at the cone. You know, he would always go through everything. And, yeah. and, and then we'd get done and Rayburn would throw his hand up. Now, James, who actually starts the race? Well, they start, you're supposed to start side by side. And go, no, James. Now, who starts the race? I've, I've heard Rayburn tell that. And he would get James so frustrated. And then Richard Smith <laughs> would show up with no shirt on and cut off jeans. And he'd want to argue. And I remember one time him and Rayburn got into it in the driver's meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember. Mary, I, mean, I think the driver's meeting just dispersed at that moment. I think Spencer said everybody just get ready for hot laps or something. Because, I mean, them two was still going at it. They may still be going at it right now. I don't know. Richard but, uh, Smith was always arguing and fighting with somebody. I remember in 2000, my family, uh, my stepdad and mom promoted Clay City for the uh-huh. last time. And uh, I don't know what happened, but Richard Smith comes over and he's in, he's coming through the concession stand. And my mom and my aunt's in there and my papa's going back through the window after him. So he was always in the middle of, of something. But like I said, I mean, the characters are, are what we come for. That's what made it fun. His brother, Doug, never did cause no trouble. He was the gentle giant. I love Doug to death. I mean, me and Doug got a history. I mean, he's a wonderful person. And, 
And I like Richard. I didn't have any problem with Richard. But Doug was always the big guy and the calmer one, and Richard was the little one, and he was the feisty one. I don't know. Jed, yeah. Did you ever race against any of them? Uh, you probably raced against Doug a time or two, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely remember watching him too, though. Yeah, Richard drove that 27J for a while for Harlan and Jan Baker out of Indiana. And then, yeah. you know, he was pretty good. He won that race at uh, – at Thunder Thunder Mountain that night, and the only reason he won that is because the guy t- was light at the scales. And mm-hmm. I remember we, I remember Spencer saying from that night on, we got to bring our own scales to the racetrack. We had to start taking scales because we all these places we go to they didn't have their own scales, or yeah. they did. It was so bad. I remember Bardstown. God love their hearts. We had to scale the first two, the first we had to scale the front of the car, and then roll the car up. <laughs> and the back of the car and add them up. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to ask David Girl if he was too cheap to put in two more pads or what. I loved him to death. I wouldn't give him down the road for nothing, but I would. But but yeah. we'd add them up, and then they'd pull it. Spanky will tell you. He'll know. He worked on her during them days, but I think he'd take and, – and, it, you know, we'd had to use fingers and toes back in to get them all right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You ever, yeah. Was you ever light at the scales, Jason, over at Bardstown because of that? You know, um, in the late model, I don't remember. Um, I had some issues in go-kart racing, and then when I raced asphalt at Louisville Speedway over some scale issues when I won and then got, got through out, they wouldn't let me see the scales. But I don't I don't really recall in, in the open world late model if I ever had any. I, I probably did at some point because it's inevitable that it happens. But I, it, it, we must not have been – we didn't run good, so it didn't matter if we did. <laughs> I remember I remember at Lake Cumberland, and I got to tell this because he was my uncle, so I can tell this, and I worked at Lake Cumberland plus with the series. We were at Lake Cumberland some nights, and, and Harold tell us when they got there, he said, now the scales ain't working tonight, boys. Just thumbs up and roll them across there, you know. <laughs> and, and there was many nights. I, now, I know one night that they were working. It was a 2002 at the end of the year. It wasn't a battle of bluegrass race. It was a 10,000 win. Wheeler won it. And Schrader was with us down there, and he'd run that race in 02. It was a Coca-Cola 100. It was a 100-lapper. Eddie Carrier, a bunch of them was down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Schrader finished third. He was 30 pounds light at the scales. Mm. And we thought the scales was, you know, off. Everybody did. Well, he, I remember hearing this from Ron Linville later on because Northern All-Stars officiated it. They said, load that car up and take it back. That was when his shop was in North Carolina. He took that shot. He took it back to North Carolina and put it in the, on the scales. He called Barnett. Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, said the car was light. So the car was light at the time. I remember that was the day Eddie Carrier got mad, and he come to the tire on us, got mad about something. He had his helmet still on when he come to the tire that day. I remember oh, yeah. That. I, yeah. I, I loved Eddie Carrier to death. I'm telling you, Eddie, was, uh, he was a jewel. Yeah. Oh, Just yeah. The, the people that you dealt with, the, the, like you said, I think, Josh, the best way you put the characters of the sport yeah, many different characters back yes. then. Yes, yeah. The, the the soft ones that wouldn't say that. But now, if you if they spoke up, you knew they meant business, right? And yep. we still got some of them today. If they speak, you better listen. Some of them just yap 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 yap, yep, and you yeah. just take them go one ear and out the other. But oh yeah, times have changed. But people have. since the nineties, and they're still complaining today, and they're still <laughs> racing. You can pick figure out who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Times have changed, but people haven't. That's a that's that's times just the, have changed. People haven't. That may be the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, we we sort of got off there, but this is the, these stories are what I brought all you you guys out here for. I love it. I can sit all day. But Wes, uh, we got one more. I want to go to you, man. What do you think? 
we've heard these best stories. Chris sitting here telling one story after the other. This is what made Battle of the Bluegrass what it was. Are we leaving it, or, or are we taking a chance on bringing it back? I, I know it's a it's a tough tough topic. It's it's one that everybody asks the question, and we've talked to to very many people um, that you know has are the stakeholders in it. You know, ran it um, during its heyday. Um, was the was the racers the fans? Um, it's it's one of those things that you look at, and, and you even said it in your intro. Um, it's nostalgic. Um, it, it was the best regional racing series, and it's just one of those things you look at. It was a perfect storm. Um, you, you didn't have a clue who was going to roll in and, and race any given night at any of those tracks. Uh, during, you know, when the series ran, you know, Don O'Neill could show up or, you know, the jet, you know, Eddie Carrier Jr. You just didn't never know who was going to show up. And, and it's, it's probably tough in today's times unless – you know, James, as we talked to, to James Essex, unless we could maybe put something together as as a race here or there and and, and kind of, you know, bring back the Battle of Bluegrass or maybe even maybe like a Speed Weeks deal um, where we could hit the, hit the tracks across the state, um, you know, some kind of deal with Florence, Lake Cumberland, Ponderosa, you know, Rock Castle, Richmond, you know, maybe Willard, you know, something, something like that, that would be a cool deal. Something I'd love to see happen. Um, but as Chris Tilly said, it's, it's tough. You know, he knows, he knows better than anybody as far as a regional series um, goes. And, and he does a great job with the Ironman late model series, but it's just tough. You don't have, the cars nowadays as you had back, you know, Oh two to Oh nine in the area. Yeah. 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 You're right. And I mean, my whole thing is like, I feel like if we're going to, if it was ever brought back, it really needs to be able to do what battle the bluegrass dirt car series was justice. I mean, if, if you're going to use that name, it's something that's special to all of us. So many people across the state and if it's going to be brought back, it needs to be in a way that it can do justice to what Battle of the Bluegrass was. I mean, there was an attempt at it not too many years ago. And I don't mean this as any sort of shot at anybody or any series or anything like that, but it just didn't even come close to living up to what it, it was. I'm afraid to say this, but in my opinion, it was just, it, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking, but but it, it was it just didn't live up to what Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series was, and that, and that's what I don't want to see. Like I would much rather see it just stay where it was, and we have these memories and 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 go with that, than 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 bring it back and it just not be what Battle of the Bluegrass Dirt Car Series deserves to be. So um, yeah, that, that's my two cents on it. That's my take on it. Um, I, I think it's as bad as I hate to say it. Uh, as the, with the way things stand today, I think it's better, better where it is. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, unless James Essex can uh, pull a rabbit out of his hat, uh, but I, yeah. I definitely, I definitely see your point. You know, the memories that we have, if we can get all those videos, uh, you know, that Tilly's got, you know, from VHS to to DVD, that would we'll just set up and we'll go to his house and watch them and and relive those races. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like fun. We'll we'll just do that. I I agree. So I mean, like I said, I love the series. I love the thought of it coming back. Um, but but I just uh, I, I just don't know with the way things are today. I just don't believe that it's possible for it to ever be anything that even comes close to resembling what what it was. And I think that would be a shame, to be honest with you. Just that, that but that's just my opinion. And I want. 